Welcome to the Atlanta Basketball Party, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere but here on Locked On. I'm your host, Tanisha Batiste. Alongside me is Jarvis Davis and Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And the Atlanta Basketball Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, guys, we are seven games into the Hawks 2023-24 campaign. They are currently at four and three. Took a little bit of an L Monday, but there were definitely some encouraging things that we saw in that game. So let's get right into it with JD's, T's, and Tate's takes. So Jarvis, for you, through these first seven games, what has been the the identity of the Atlanta Hawks so far this season? Uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me to put it into one word because it's probably long. <laughs> like the identity for this team is we're going to dig ourselves in the hole and we're going to figure out a way to get out of it, right? So, ah. and I think that, <laughs> so you know, if you can put that into like a, a hyphenated phrase, probably. Comebackers. <laughs> yeah, the comebackers. Yeah, the comebackers. So, yeah, I, we can go with that. So, and, and I think that for me, it's – I don't know if you want to get comfortable, you know, over the 82-game season, you know, uh, playing that way. But I I, I do see a, a, a way out um, to be if, – if, if I can say that. So because we know what, you know, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and, and what, that, what that dynamic is and what it needs to be in order for them to be legitimate contenders. And, and we'll – We'll get into the, you know, what that how, what that looks like, you know, um, as we get more on, into the season. But for me, I have to say that I do see a difference in the team, right? Because we know that that was the Hawks' identity before, you know, when when it was when Nate McMillan was at the helm. Like it was just like yeah, they're just flum went their way through the first quarter, second quarter, and then next thing you know, they figure it out, and then they end up either losing it again in the fourth quarter or they end up finding a way to get a get a dub but but I think that the difference for me this 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 season is is seeing the, the dynamic between Trey being able to play a little bit more off ball you know coming off of screens and stuff like that that's kind of refreshing to see right like you're like wow okay uh Trey is kind of buying in and we've seen that from not only on the court but just off the court as well in post game pressures and Heist always uplifting uh, Quinn Snyder and, and what he's a, been able to do for this team. So, yeah. for me, yeah, that's their identity. But like I said, when you start getting to playing those really good teams or those, those legitimate contenders, that's not going to fly. But I do see the difference, though. I do see a difference in last, last year versus this year. And Deshaun, what do you think as far as what you've seen in the Hawks these first seven games? What's their identity for you, at least to this point of the season? I'm going to be just straight honest with the both of you and all the viewers and all the listeners, right? I don't know what their identity is. I know it sounds oh my God. crazy. I Deshaun, know if you can see my screen, it literally says Deshaun don't know. I promise you. Deshaun doesn't. I wish you could Deshaun see my screen. Doesn't. Deshaun doesn't. And the crazy part about that is I got a good feeling that I'm not the only person that feels that way. I got a good feeling that there's a lot of, you know, Hawks fans that are scratching their heads they're seeing the first two games and they're feeling like here we go again then they're seeing the next four games and like all right this is what i'm talking about 
And then that's followed up by a game that's like, okay, so we're about to do this again another time. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out, partially because it's so early. Uh, another part is because I think that they're just still trying to figure it out themselves. And to be honest yeah. with you, every team probably, what we talking about, seven, eight games in, is probably still trying to figure that out. Um, that doesn't mean that there's right or wrong answers here. But right. it's really, I really don't know. Like I, I mentioned this before, and I'm sure this is going to be the, you know, the phrase of hopefully not the phrase of the, of the, uh, of this pot of, of this, you know, the pod, but I keep saying consistently inconsistent. And, and, and remember mm-hmm. when they first, you know, they're bringing in Quinn and it does feel like breath of fresh air. It really, really mm-hmm. does. JD couldn't have said it, you know, I couldn't have said it better than he did. But I remember I had that same feeling when Nate McMillan came came in and took over for for Lloyd Pierce as well. So I'm not trying to, you know, get into comparing every little aspect and facet of it. I know that it feels better, but I don't think it feels a lot better as of yet. I I still think it's a wait and see mode. And I would have to agree with you in the not yet. Now, I do agree with Jarvis as well, because, yes, there are some things that we've seen out of them, even in seven games that we wouldn't have seen those comeback situations, if you will, probably would have been a done deal last year because the Hawks themselves would have just tapped out and said, oh, okay, we'll we'll take this L. We'll come back in a couple nights and see what we can do. But this year, it seems like they understand the expectation is that you can't and won't tap out. You're going to try, even if your comeback comes up short, you are, the expectation is that you'll try. And so the word that I kind of use as my identity and what we do here, just so our audience knows on not just Locked On Sports Atlanta, but here on the Atlanta basketball party is we go from week to week to see if that identity for us has evolved. So for me, I'm kind of using the word uploading. You kind of know how you get that circle when you're uploading something that you know you want to see or you know you want to post, but you don't quite have it. Then you say to yourself, okay, well, it's in the process of uploading or you're in the process of downloading. And I kind of feel like that's where they are and not a bad place to be in game seven, right? not a bad place at all. So I feel like I'm okay with them uploading as long as I see the uploads start to get to a point. Also, when you know how you're seeing something where it says 20% complete, 40% complete, upload or download almost complete. I just need to make sure I see that progression across the line, across the season. And I'm going to say this one last little piece real quick is that, and by far am I not intentionally or unintentionally want to be negative Nelly here, but I'll be honest. There's a lot of teams in this league that wish that they were in the position that the Hawks were in. I don't think anybody, I think you'd be really hard pressed to find somebody um, who is saying that Atlanta is exact, they feel like they're exactly where they want to be. I don't think that they are. Um, There's still a lot of room to grow and uh, amongst so many other things, they still have time to flourish and mature within each other's games, still maturing within each other's bodies, developing, establishing chemistry amongst one another and so many other things. And I think that they have, you know, definitely been really good uh, considering they have all these different things that they still have to work on. Some teams aren't even that. Like some teams came in with higher expectations and have not even exceeded uh, or been able to meet what the Hawks have been able to do so far in a very small, you know, window so far this season in just seven games. So definitely want to throw that part out there too because while some people may be really confused and really feeling negative and feels like it's not much different, than it was last year, or maybe very minimal uh, increase to you know what last year was like. There's still a lot of teams that wish that they were fourth in their you know in, in their uh, conference. 
And when you talk about crafting their identity, obviously a lot of that is going to be continuing to see the impact and the imprint from Quinn Snyder, his philosophy, his approach. Deshaun, what part of Quinn's philosophy and approach have you seen the Hawks display at least consistently this part in this part of the season? And I'll even give you a little bit of leeway to say, going back to what you saw in the preseason. Yeah, I don't think it has anything really or too much to do rather uh, with what you've seen on the box score, with what you'll see on a stat sheet. I don't. I think it's more along the lines of they seem a little bit more dialed in. They seem yeah. a little bit more focused. Mm. They appear to be a little bit more confident of a team. Some of the things that you felt like was a dark cloud hanging over their head uh, before Quinn came in, it just the vibe and the energy, the feel is just that that isn't existing anymore. Yeah. Uh, I feel like some of the decision making, particularly what they do with the ball, cutting off, cutting off on uh, or cutting down on some of the, you know, bonehead between the ears mistakes, you know, some yeah. of the uh, unforced turnovers. They've been taking care of the ball much, much better. Um, so some of the decision making things for sure. And then the, the style of play just really seems like it's a little bit more free flowing. You know, some of you don't see as much Trey Young frustration because plays weren't drawn up the right way or because. You know, guys weren't in their spots as much, and he seems like mm -hmm. he's flowing. He's just naturally going to be the scorer slash distributor and facilitator that he's always been. But you can sometimes see within his body language that he actually, I think I was talking to Jarvis, one of, the, one of you two I was talking about this recently. He just looks like he's having a little bit more fun. Yeah. Losses, yeah. Wins, yeah. losses, whatever, but he looks like he's having more fun and not really concerned about other things and weighing the world on his shoulders. And it's not just him. I think that it's everybody. And uh, I Great think call. that just kind of, it, it makes it a little bit easier for everybody. And what about you, Jarvis? So far this season, what is maybe one kind of Quinn imprint that you've seen consistently with this team? Not being so headstrong on rotations, uh, mm. specifically starting lineups. Like yeah. the way he's handled his whole Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bay type situation, I, I feel like it's it's been perfect because everybody seems to be bought in on it. You know, whether it be, you know, uh, okay, all right, guys, Sadiq, you up tonight, you know, and here's why, you know, and they everybody understands why. And then, and you see, and the thing about that is how you know cats are buying in because the play is the same, right? Like, you don't yep. see guys moping around or you don't see right. Jalen Johnson out there scrapping and being the type of guy that or playing with the same type of zeal and fire that he plays with. And you don't see that kind of tail off if he's not starting. So it just... Just everybody just seemed to have a really good understanding of what their roles are. It's clearly yeah. defined. And he's been and able to be an acceptance too, right? Because that matters, right? Especially mm -hmm. in the NBA when you have all dealing with all these egos. So I, I think that's been the biggest difference for me, being able to see how he can handle some situations if the coach doesn't handle it right. It can yeah. become toxic. And we saw that. We saw how that played out, mm -hmm. you know, with, with Nick McMillan. But I, I think that, you know, He's Quinn has been able to really handle that in a in a good way because, because specifically because the, the players have been you know continuing on as if nothing has been nothing has gone on. Exactly, and I would have to agree with you guys on that. I think you, one more that I would just like to add to it is a freedom in playing defense that is not necessarily at the point of execution, but is at the point of commitment. And I, but yeah. it, there's a freedom about it. It's not like a forced focus yeah. on defense. So and we'll talk a little bit more uh, piggybacking off of what Jarvis said about that rotation at the four position when we come back in the and one. But first I want to tell you guys a little about prize picks. 
So Price Picks is the biggest, the baddest, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, well, you don't have to do that. You can pick more than or less than on two to six player staff projections and watch the winnings roll in. Now, here's the thing. It can be really, really fun because you can win up to 25 times the money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. Testing my skills, your skills, everybody's skills on prize picks this football season is a really cool way to play. If you have the skills, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps and you can make picks and submit entries in less than 60 seconds. And we know we live in a microwave society where anybody got time to be sitting around just doing something and wasting time for the sake of wasting time. So this week, Justin Jefferson, he's maybe not practicing yet, but he's on the comeback and the come up. So watch him for a guy that you should go with potentially for this week or in the coming weeks. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So here's the thing. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy just for you. All right, guys, time for the and one. It is our deep dive into ball. And this, Jarvis, I'm going to start with you because you kind of ended us in the last segment on this. And I love this topic. You guys know how much I'm a super, super fan of what goes on between the four and the five, because I have always thought, no offense to John Collins, but I've always thought that the Hawks had the resources between a Jalen Johnson and Onyeka Okongwu, although he probably sometimes plays more five than four, but that they had the resources. And then the addition of Sadiq Bey, I felt like it was a positive play of uh, the power forward position by committee. And I think we're starting to see that. Jarvis, you talked about what we're seeing in the players' attitude towards, hey, it's next man up. One guy might be the starter this game, another the very next game, or you may get the same starter a couple games. How do you feel the rotation at the four position has worked out for the Hawks so far this season? I think it's been solid because when you think about what, you know, Jalen Johnson brings to the table, it's that's kind of like what I felt like John Collins kind of left on the table. You know what yeah. I mean? As far as <laughs> being able to get a rebound to just like fully, fully commit to that and being yes. the guy to get make the play. It is I getting the rebound, putting the ball on the floor and pushing it up and you know and running fast breaks. Like yes. I mean, I know that that was some of the limitations that Collins had uh, in his game. Like Jaden Johnson brings that to the table. And T, you know, I said this coming into the season. I was just like, Jalen Johnson's play is gonna be determine whether or not that that was a bad move or not, you know, by trading John Collins. But mm -hmm. we know a, a, lot, a lot of it was financial, sure. But I think that, you know, I think it was a, more so another part of it was the fact that they were trying to figure out a way to move on and get better, you know, addition by subtraction. And yeah. uh, I, yeah. I think if I can you, be nice with that word, that, that <laughs> phrase, so to speak. But, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, been, it's been really cool to see how, Jalen Johnson's been able to, you know, insert himself. I, I think it was like the first uh, season opener where it was just oh, like, yeah. they were just giving him the ball, just, yeah. hey, man, do your thing. And I was just like, okay, that's what we're doing now, Jalen. You know, so 
for him to, for, for Quinn Snyder to be able to say, you know what? Have these conversations with these guys, some grown man conversations. Say, hey, here's what we're going to do. And, and here's why you're starting tonight or here's why you aren't starting tonight. And for those guys to buy in like they did, you're starting to see some of the results of it on the court. And, I, and I've been liking what I've been seeing so far from both guys. Yeah, same here. It was one of those things where I felt like, and again, no offense to JC because we love him personally, Deshaun, but ultimately speaking, I felt like, okay, if there's not a set pick and roll for him, right? It's like if he wasn't the benefactor on that end of that particular play, what else was there? Whereas with Jalen Johnson, I mean, how many times have we heard on a broadcast that Jalen Johnson gets the block or Jalen Johnson gets the steal and Jalen Johnson takes the ball West Coast and then Jalen Johnson finishes with authority with the and one? That's not a call that I can say we heard a whole heck of a lot at the time with John Collins. And you can look at the numbers and see some of the things he's able to do in just 30 minutes of play in a game on average, 57.5% from the floor. And granted, Three-point numbers aren't great, but 32% is probably better than we saw with John Collins, to be honest, across time, right? Because remember, people low-key forget he had that one incredible season as far as efficiency is concerned, and we know that was also that season where he didn't play 25 games. I'm a leader right there. But then we also see with Jalen Johnson averaging 9.9 rebounds, three assists, nearly a block and a steal a game. I mean, Deshaun, those numbers alone make the case for Jalen. But I also want to say we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the impact of Sadiq Bay. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to piggyback off you guys on what you said just a little bit, not just because I want to be like you guys so much when I grow up, but also because <laughs> of <laughs> the fact that, you know, I remember, I remember talking to John, and this was probably about definitely two years ago, probably even as long as three. And I was asking him about, I think it was coming into the season and what, or mid season, what are some of the things on, you know, in the season coming up or the, you know, second half of the season coming up that it is that you want to improve upon. And three things are all ironically enough things that, that you just mentioned. One of them was perimeter defense. We know that guys of his size nowadays have to be able to go out there and defend not only guys his size that can, you know, shoot, or, you know, uh, hesitate, pump fake and get to the basket or whatever. Got to be agile enough to be able, you know, lateral movement to slide over and keep up, and let alone with a smaller defender. That's something that we see Jalen can do. That wasn't something we saw that John can do. That wasn't the only thing he mentioned. The other thing was rim protection. You yep. know that as a rebounder and this and that, pretty good rebounder John was. Pretty good. But yet again, while while that may not necessarily be an amazing thing for Jalen, I think for considering how much experience or lack thereof that he's had, you know, not just from a rebounding standpoint, but from a, a shot blocking potential aspect where things aren't just left. Because I've seen way too, way too many instances where people would blame and you, I guess maybe you can call me being pro Trey Young in this moment, but I want you to really think about this. People would take Trey Young's defense being so poor, which I think everybody can pretty much agree with. And because his man was getting to the basket, there was no help defense. There was way too many instances where Clint Capella has been left upon to be the guy to go up there and be the help man. And now he's got tough decisions to make for himself and they got kind of comfortable and used to him being able to provide that kind of assistance. 
this is where you do insert another guy who does have that agility and mobility amongst other things and just the heart and the will to go out there and try to attempt. There's going to be yeah. some instances where Jalen Johnson is going to get dunked on trying to attempt it, but I'm going to give him credit for trying to attempt it. Right. Um, and, one of, and, and, and probably one of the other things um, uh, was ball handling, right? We yeah. know that that was oh, an yeah. area yeah. that, that and, and these are all three categories. I'm sorry to get long-winded, but these are all three categories that John Collins told me out of, him, out of his own mouth. Not trying to blame everything on him, but three categories out of his own mouth in which he said he wanted to get better at. And at that time, we still True. two years later didn't see a yep. whole lot of, you yep. know, uh, contribution or improvement in that area. So I think yeah. that there is that having some new having some new blood and new energy and new vibe and everything else and seeing a guy. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this last part about Jalen Johnson. I think it's good between he and Sadiq Bay that they could be able to switch between four because both of them bring something yes. a little bit different. Indeed. But when Jalen Johnson was coming out in, in, in high school, and I have been watching him since he was probably about 17 years old, he was known to be this prototypical, ideal you know, stretch for, I mean, can really, really shoot it. Nobody talked about any of these other things. He's a guy that has the size and is going to be able to stretch the floor with his ability to shoot from outside. Um, that is something that I think because of how much his game has grown and developed in very short time, seeing very short time on the floor, not just in the league, that you have to tip your cap. I think that has been one of the biggest difference makers for this game. Yeah, and real quick as we wrap up, just want to give another shout out to Sadiq Bay, and also want to make a mention about Anyeko Kongu. But with Sadiq playing around that same amount of time, about twenty-eight minutes averaging per game, uh, around fifty percent field goal percentage, very good numbers from the three-point line, almost forty-one percent, uh, six rebounds, and averaging about an assist and a block a game. The reason I mention that is because to Deshaun points and yours too, JD the versatility. So yep. wherever one guy is maybe a little bit low, that other guy at the four picks up and Onyeko Kongwu, when the Thunder decided to, and this is the, in the most recent game, but when the Thunder decided to go small ball and they didn't have a center on the floor, and we've seen that in a couple of prior games as well, Quinn Snyder knew he could go to Onyeka Okongu and give him a little bit of a four and give him a little bit of a five, that when he put John Collins in the same situation, oftentimes he didn't get the result. And so, like you said, when you need to then have a big that can go up against a four big or a five big, we all know, and I always use Giannis Antetokounmpo because double O gives that dude fits. And that's what double O can do when you put him in a four or five space. He can give those fours and fives fits in a different way. So we definitely like what we're seeing out of the rotation that Quinn Snyder is using at the four position. Listen, guys, we're going to talk a little bit more around the Metro. We know that the fours and all the rest of that squad will be in Mexico City. We'll talk about it on the other side. But first, we're going to ask Jarvis to tell us a little bit more about FanDuel and subtext. Folks, listen up, guys. Jarvis Davis here for FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on is the website that you need to go to because guess what? You're going to get $150 in bonus bets. All you do is place a $5 bet. If that bet wins, I'm telling you, you're going to get $150. Bucks. Yes, I'm telling you, guys. That is the absolute thing that you need to do because if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action because – FanDuel is the number one sports book in the entirety of the United States of America. So I need you to go there right now. 
What a bonus bitch, Jarvis. Like, let me explain. Calm down, man. I got you. Stop playing around. So it's the app. It is bonus bets. You can use those to bet on the spreads, the player props, the over-unders. I'm telling you, and much, much more. And plus, guys, you don't have to get worried about anybody getting your information because the app is super safe. It's easy to use. They have just a wide range of things that you can do. If you want to try to figure out what the over-under is, for 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 the uh, matchup against Orlando Magic, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, go ahead and get the season rocking because we know the NFL season is popping off as well. Because FanDuel is the official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. Guys, let me tell you something. You are on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Insider. I need you to get your life together. That's it, period. Because, you know, guys, like, if you want to have access to me, you know, because I'll be tweeting during games and all that stuff, but you don't have to worry about going to my Twitter page. You can doggone get access to me right now. All you got to do is just go to Locked On and my FanDuel. I mean, oh, my gosh, I can't even talk right now. I'm so excited. I just can't get through it. Go to the link right there in the description. Whether it be on, when you listen on the audio side or you listen on, or watching on YouTube, just go to the description box. The link is right there. Pound that link and you can just get a free trial and try it out. A two week trial. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's all love. No love lost if you don't sign up. But go ahead and sign up today and become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider. <clears throat> all right, guys, we are going around the metro, but we're also going beyond the border because of course we know that the Hawks will be playing the magic in Mexico city on Thursday. So Deshaun, this will be an interesting matchup because it's a matchup of two teams who are currently at four and three, two teams who lost their most recent basketball game. So they're both trying to get back in the win column and also two teams that, well, I'll say two teams, but I'm going to actually go in a different direction and say, the Magic have given the Hawks some fits to say that they're a little young upstart team. And Jarvis would agree, like, yeah, sometimes it's like a head scratcher, but that Pablo Bancaro and those Wagner brothers, they've made things happen, you know, a little bit. Um, they've been on the struggle bus from time to time. And then my guy, um, Cole Anthony, um, whenever he's healthy, has uh, given them the blues. That said, Deshaun, what is it that the Hawks need to do to get back in the win column when they take on Orlando on Thursday? I think you just definitely got to pick up on where you left off at in terms of, con you know, continuing to be that team that's locked in, continuing mm -hmm. to be that team that is focused. We've all heard of this term, the kiss term, right? Uh -huh. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Don't go out there trying to do anything crazy. These young guys, super athletic. Obviously, the Atlanta Hawks are a young team as well. But Orlando is coming with something a little bit different. I think we talked about it on the podcast the other night where when the Hawks were the baby Hawks, they had something to prove. <laughs> this was just a stop along the way until the opposing team got to whichever destination, arena, or city was up next. And Atlanta just happened to catch somebody slipping. Don't let that be the case. you got to remember yeah. from when you were the young dogs and was waiting until somebody came in. Because since that time, Atlanta's also achieved some things and gone on to be going to the Eastern Conference Finals, amongst other things. Continue for it to be a free-flowing style um, and be the more mature team. 
use some of that wisdom, some of that experience that you have now that they cannot necessarily say and have. I'm always going to be a person that's going to side with rebounding, especially on the offensive end and keeping the turnovers down, because I'd much rather you take a bad shot and have a 50-50 chance at making it or missing it than to have a 0% chance at making it or missing it because you gave the ball away to the other team. So I think those are just a couple pointers of mine. Just looking at a couple notes here, I think that is very important for Atlanta to continue to be the stout defensive team, somewhat that they are on the nights when they are. Um, they actually, um, they, I'm sorry, for Orlando to do, that. that's typically been something that Orlando has done as they uh, currently rank second in the league in steals. So I think it's important for Atlanta to make sure they're taking care of the ball, continue to score the points. Well, they rank, uh, they rank third, uh, Atlanta does, in terms of scoring. Third and rebounding. Again, rebounding really hard. Hitting your free throws. Those are free, bait, free, free space on a, on a bingo card is for what I call it. 84% from the line. 27 assists. That ranks in the top 10 amongst in the NBA as well. So while there are a couple of things that I think Orlando does significantly well that I think should definitely be on the radar for the Atlanta Hawks, the rebounding, keeping the assists down, and just the things, again, that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. Being the more mature team, and showing some of that experience that you have and, and just kind of forcing the more young and athletic and honestly good Orlando team this year to kind of make some bonehead mistakes that you're used to be known for because this is the Orlando team that Atlanta should remember scored 50 points in the first quarter on Atlanta last year. Some of those little things, no more come out, you know, early in the game, struggling, you got to come out hot, no more playing catch up you got to go ahead and have, have uh, a very equal balance of starting the game and finishing the same way. What about you, Jarvis? Well, like we just the, – the length of the Orlando Magic, I feel like has always given the Hawks problems. Yes. So I, I feel like they're more than likely going to see Jalen Johnson insert to that starting lineup because he's going to have yeah. to do some – be very versatile. Like that versatility yeah. is going to come in handy because – you never know. He might be guarding, you know, who he might be guarding on 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 any particular play. So, mm-hmm. I, I really feel like you know they're gonna have to lock in, like 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 Tate said. I think that I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, just being able to lock in on, on defense and, and like and do the things that you do well, right? Like like let's get let's start shooting the ball a little bit better, right? Like yeah. let's start doing that because my whole thing is I know Quinn Snyder, you know, and I'm not questioning his coaching acumen. You know, he wants them to shoot threes like crazy, right? But what if they aren't going in? Like, yeah. you have to have a backup plan, I feel. Like, you know, because keep shooting, yeah, I get it. But certain guys don't need to keep shooting. Certain guys need right. to put the ball on the floor and try to get to the to the cup because, we, like Tate just laid out, you know, the Hawks are one of the better shooting uh, free throw shooting teams in the NBA. So that's those are some of the things that I feel like. Like, have lock in, be focused, and then, you know, just in case you you continue those shooting woes early on, let's come up with a backup plan. So hey, you start seeing that ball on following the cup. Yeah, you have to have a backup plan because you're talking about a team in the Magic that's amongst the early uh, association leaders as far as points allowed in the league amongst the top five. So yeah, definitely want to be mindful of that. One more thing, and we'll rock out of here. Of course, again, these guys posted on social media that it is their first fiesta day today. So they're down in Mexico having a party, food, fellowship, fun. It's all good. But we're here in the A. So while we can't be there, if we had to pick a place in Atlanta that we go in fiesta, where would it be? Jarvis, give me your place real quick. 
I'm going Los Charles. It's, you know, I'm out here in Conyers. I I hit the uh, South Carolina as uh, Tanitra yes, uh, referred to as it referred to as ass. But yeah, like it's a nice little local spot. That's my go-to when it comes to Miami Goose. I like it. How about you, Deshaun? I got one that you wouldn't suspect. It's called Tate's House. <laughs> listen, oh. nobody, nobody does this. Now, listen, I'm not go. gonna try to, I'm not on here to pretend like I'm some chef, okay? But one thing that I can do, everybody gotta go, everybody gotta go to. <laughs> yeah. My go-to has always and forever been taco. So it's funny that we're even having this conversation. I know where Jarvis's head is thinking. I can see the words going through it. When do we get me and Tanisha get our invitation? Oh, of course. Come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, I already like, know where yeah. it's going. I already know where it's going. Let me be the judge. So yeah, many, I, I've had so many people that have told me that I think it's BS on what you're trying to sell me on. And then they try it and they're like, dude, you really got to open up a truck or something. Like, you got to do something. You're sleeping on a gold mine right Whoa, here. So, I I'm love gonna, it. Gonna, I'm a, I know it's high expectation. I know it's big shoes to fill, nope. but I'm going to stand Jonathan on that. Jonathan and I have accepted not... the invitation, and we will be up your <laughs> way really, really soon. Matter of fact, we'll record a show out at your house. <laughs> there there of, it is. And eat, <laughs> eat, do it live. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to really do it. I'm going to throw this one last one out there. That, real that, quick, that, got that, it. That, that, real, real quick. Agavero Cantina is right off of the park. It's in Lilburn, Georgia. It's, it's, okay. it's like an old school bus, but there's a restaurant on the school, but it is super dope. It's super awesome. Okay. Agavero uh, Cantina, they have a regular location off of Beaver Ruin, and then they have another location in Lilburn, which is right there, Parkside. Way too strong margaritas for your boys, so I think you would enjoy yeah. it. And I don't do the margarita thing, but I do do a taco or two and some good guac, and you can find it at Zama out in Smyrna off of 285 and South Atlanta Road. Man, oh man, you already know the next few days I plan to get there. And I'm happy to tell you guys on the left Atlanta party or basketball party or sports party exactly how it was for me at Zama. Anyway, we appreciate you guys stopping by the Atlanta basketball party home for the best talks talk. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel here at Locked On. And of course, we'll see you Thursday on the Atlanta sports party.